Hey, what's up, gang? Cole Wright alongside Ryan Shazier and special guest Kaylin Jones. And today we're going to react to the combine essentially being canceled. Our thoughts on the divisional rounds, our championship picks, and some thoughts on the remaining head coaching openings. All that and more that's coming your way next right here on the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right. We know you set your clocks, you set your watches, you set any time-telling device by us every week. It is the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. We are busy, hard at work. I'm alongside my guy, Ryan Shazier, and also rolling with us, well, staff writer from the Ringer, it's Kalen Jones. It's a three-man weave today, and uh, before we get dug in with our heels onto this program, be sure to listen on Spotify and check out all the other Ringer NFL Show podcasts, not once, not twice, but five times a week. And this week we have a big announcement. That's because this weekend, immediately following the final game on Sunday, well, the Ringer NFL show will be going live and direct. So make sure you're subscribed to the Ringer's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash the Ringer and following the Ringer on Twitter at the Ringer NFL. Now, Sunday, it's going to be Kevin and Nora Princiati. And then Wednesday, it's going to be Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon giving their review of the weekend and getting you all set and ready for the Super Bowl and fellas, well, we'll get into what went down this weekend. Divisional round, there were a bunch of great games. And uh, be, but before we get into that, you know, when you think about what everyone's playing for, you're playing for a Vince Lombardi Trophy. The teams that aren't playing for a Lombardi Trophy, they're playing for the draft. And usually, you know, when, when you think about the draft picks and accumulating picks and, and trying to make yourself a better team. You do a lot of that, and it all starts in Indianapolis at the Combine. And Ryan, you know, the news, it, it, it just came down, essentially, that there's going to be no Combine this year, of course, due to COVID-19 restrictions. And like you and I were talking about, and Kalen and, and you know, our producer, Arjuna, we, you talked about the fact that that was a time for you to really make a name for yourself in Indy, on the turf. You really got after it. Yeah, man. You know, to me, is is very upsetting, especially for the players. Some guys, you know, when you go back to it, you're like, hey, would you ever do the combine again? I would definitely say no. I would not want to. But that's all like once-in-a-lifetime experience. And then it also lets you be on a, a platform with all the best guys that, you know, people think of. You know, when when people think of the best guys, the best 200 guys the that's coming into the draft, you know, that's why they go to the combine. 
and it allowed you to perform against all these other guys, you know? So I was, I was already kind of, you know, first, second round, you know, type of guy. I knew I was going to at least go second, but then I had a really, really productive combine and a really productive pro day. And those two things allowed me to become the first inside linebacker taken, you know, because it just really separated my speed and just my explosiveness to show teams what I can really do. You know, so the fact that other guys aren't going to be able to do that this year, obviously you're going to have your pro day, but it's not the same thing because you're already comfortable in that environment. To be in an environment that you're not really comfortable in, it really shows teams, are you flexible? Are you willing to adapt? And what kind of person are you under a lot of pressure? And I feel like for a lot of these guys, it's going to be kind of upsetting because they can't really perform like they would uh, previous times. But for a lot of guys, it actually might be comfortable because now you're just doing everything back at your school like you've always been doing it. Yeah, Kalen, it seems to be a sign of the times and, and no combine. Who knows the next time everyone's going to reconvene and, and and converge on Indianapolis. But, you know, w- with that said, it, it's going to be a little bit different. Like when you look at some of the other games that that lead up to like you, you know your senior bowls and you know, those those games where guys are able to showcase their skills, those are going to be weighted just that much more. Yeah, no, it definitely puts a lot more emphasis on those, you know, all star type showcase games for these, you know, uh, incoming prospects, you know, and I think it puts a lot more weight. Like Ryan mentioned, you know, so much is now going to go into those pro days. And, you know, and, and I think the other part of it, too, the element of losing the in person, I think, you know, ability for these teams to go down and meet with a lot of these athletes. I think so much in the draft and so much for an NFL career comes down the fit, you know, where you land, it's, it's part of the luck. It's, you know, you fall into the right system, you get taken by the right team, you know, it leads to, you know, getting an an opportunity, whether you get the start or whether you're sitting behind a, a player that may be able to help develop you and whatnot. But, you know, the fact that teams won't be able to, you know, get a read on these guys, whether it's understanding whether they fit their culture, whether or not they're driven, uh, what they're like, you know, in terms of looking at the chalkboard and all that. So uh, I, I think it's a it's a major op- or major missed opportunity, you know, ha- not having the combine. And then again, like you said, it just puts a lot more weight on the process leading up to the combine as opposed to, you know, years past. Ryan, your pro day, you said that's when you really separated yourself. What, you, you told us earlier, but what? Let everybody at home know what'd you run. What'd you run that forty in again? Yeah, I was uh, two thirty seven, and I ran a four three forty. Oh, I, I like the fact that you threw out that you were two thirty seven. Just this, let this putting, <laughs> no, just letting everybody first... know, putting everybody on notice. <laughs> okay, I was two thirty seven. The thing is, if I was doing what I'm doing now, I'll probably be two twelve. Man, my wife got me over here intermittent fasting, and I ain't eat all goddamn day. I'm hungry right now. So but... <laughs> you're doing the, you're doing the keto thing too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's like keto slash paleo slash intermittent fasting. But Damn. yeah, I'm, I'm trying to eat healthy right now. So I'm trying to get down to 210. Uh, do, do, where, where do cheeseburgers fit in on that mix? Because that, that's what I'm trying to jump in on it. That, that's, that's only for the weekends for me. So I can't, mm. I can't have that right now. Look at that. Look at that. Like a steel trap. Our, our, our guy Ryan <laughs> Shazier, just like that. You know what? Let, let's move from no combine, which is... Obviously, bad news to some good news, guys, because uh, that divisional round, I mean, it, it was as good a football as you want to see. And there's now four teams standing. It's obviously Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo and Tampa Bay. And when, when it comes to players who went out there and impressed, there were, there were more than a few. But, Ryan, I know there had to be one dude that really stood out to you. 
You know who stood out to me? This is somebody that most people are not going to pick. I'm going to you. I'm going I'm I'm to go with Chad Henney. He actually did a really oh, good job. Anything in. is possible. Yeah, even though, <laughs> yeah, he did a good job coming in and just trying to hold the floodgates back. You know, especially with Mahomes being injured. When Mahomes being injured, that just gives you juice as the other team. Obviously, you don't want anybody getting injured in the games, but when you see that the the star player, the face of the NFL is out, that just gives you hope. You know, so you seen that they were surging back, the Browns were surging back. And uh, they got the ball back. You just never know how it was going to end. And just to see how Chad Henney had that long third down run that almost got the first down. And then just to, to be composed in that fourth and one, when, when when Tony Romo and everybody else in the world didn't think they was going to really snap that ball, they snapped the ball, got the ball to Tyreek Hill, and then allowed him to go to the the, you know, the AFC Championship. I thought he played really well. He, he did his role. He came up as a backup quarterback. He didn't turn the ball over, really. He just he played well and just helped him win the game, you know. So I, I think uh, I think I, I thought he, I thought he did a great job uh, in the game. So I, 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 I'm gonna go with Chad Henney. Okay, oh, he did an interception. I'm sorry about that, but yeah. But oh, there it is. I was about to say, hold on a second. We have to bookmark this moment. A Buckeye just heaping praise on a, on a Wolverine, but you know, then at the last second. He came like like Salt Bay with with, a, with just just a little <laughs> dash of hate, just like that. He's like, I, I build you up just so I can break you down, Chad Henney. I, I, I like that, but no, he was impressive as impressive as it gets. Kaylin, how about you, man? Who, who was uh, out there really balling as far as you're concerned? Um, definitely agree with Ryan. You know, like that that Chad Henney definitely stood out, and like that was impressive. I guess I you know to be different here. I, I guess I'd say Aaron Rodgers because. Not that we, you know, we didn't expect, you know, Aaron Rodgers to play at a very high level, but for him to rip apart the Rams defense the way that he did with the ease that the the Packers offense looked um, against him last weekend, like I I was not too surprised, but still, you just kind of appreciate it every time you watch Aaron Rodgers do something incredible. And for the way that he did it with, you know, Devontae Adams didn't have an amazing game, had a solid game, but the way that, you know, they were able to function without, you know, relying on him too much. Very, very impressive going into next week. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers in the postseason prior to Sunday. I mean, he he was 0-2 versus the number one pass defense in the league. The Rams had the number one pass defense in the league. And, of course, he changed all those numbers. But, like, Devontae Adams, I mean, he was just as impressive as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, just the fact that, you know, his numbers might not have been like, oh, look, look at these. I mean, this guy put the team on his back. But the fact that he was calling Jalen Ramsey out saying, hey, you know, at least from all accounts, said that, that he was like, okay, you and I, let's go one-on-one. Let's give the people what they want. And, and we saw it on that one play. I don't know if that was a little bit busted coverage, Ryan, in the end zone on, the, on that touchdown for Adams. But he, either way, I mean, to go, you know, man up with, with Jalen Ramsey, that's, that's no easy task. They made Jalen Ramsey run 150 yards before he caught a one-yard catch, bro. Yeah, like, no. come on, bro. Like, yeah. you can't really, like, like that was, that's some bullshit, bro. Like, that's some, like, like, there's no way, there's no way Jalen can stop that. Like, he he went, he ran with him from one side of the field, then he tried to get back in position on the other side of the field, and they spread back over. Like, you, somebody else has to be in position to try to stop that because he, he didn't have any leverage to stop that play. But the thing is, Devontae Adams did win that battle. He didn't have 100 yards but he got not, they threw ten passes his way and he caught nine of them, you know. So I, I feel like he won the battle. Obviously, that's the most uh, Jalen Ramsey led up this whole season. I think the most before this yeah. was forty seven yards, and that was week one. So he, he won the battle, but they really put him in positions to win the battle. 
But uh, yeah, I can't I can't get Devontae Adams that one. You you made him run 150 yeah. yards before you caught a one yard <laughs> pass. You, I, I can't give you that. Whatever, whatever works. However, you get in. <laughs> However, you can shake them off your tail. I mean, if 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 that's how you got to get it done, that's how you got to get it done. And Green Bay, obviously, moving on with that convincing win. But you know, uh, guys, I, I don't know about you, but you know, one cat that impressed me, it had to be Devin White. I mean, Devin White, yeah. everything that was going his way, he was on it. I mean, a fumble recovery, eleven tackles, you know, ten solo tackles. I mean, you 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 know why. The man had 140 tackles during the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan, this dude was a bull in a china shop from start to finish, no doubt about it. You know, he he, he had an amazing game. You know, uh, that's one guy that I, I was thinking about seeing also. But, you know, I, I knew you had that one in your back pocket, so I didn't want to steal it from you. <laughs> nah, but, uh, nah, but, yeah, he, 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 played his, he played his tail off, man. It showed you why he was one of the top linebackers to come out his year, him and Devin Bush. Man, I feel like you can't go wrong with either one of them, but he got to show his show who he was in a big stage. People love when it's only you on TV. You can show the world what kind of player you are. That's that's when Von Miller show up. That's when Aaron Donald show up. And now he's showing up and showing everybody, hey, I got snub for the Pro Bowl. I don't give a damn about the Pro Bowl. We about to go to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to beat Green Bay, but that's the mindset that he has right now. And he's playing like it, man. You got he had a fumble recovery, like you said, eleven tackles, a pick, and he has a tackle for loss, man. It's just you could you couldn't ask for a better game as, as a defensive player. The only thing he could have did better was score a touchdown. But hey, mm-hmm. he did what he had to do for his team. Yeah, dudes out there balling clearly. And you know, one thing may be evident that the shoulder pads at, at LSU—they're the most comfortable shoulder pads in all of the nation. Because we see Devin White still rocking his purple and gold. We saw Leonard Fournette with his LSU shoulder pads, and uh, like I, I don't know if they're going to win win the Super Bowl, Kalen. But the, the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing—I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say 100%. Okay, I wouldn't say, you know, here, here's my money. Go ahead and take it. Green Bay, they're going to win this game 100% be, because it's Tom Brady. It's it's it, it's Leonard Fournette. It's it's all, it's all those guys right now. It's it's AB. It's Mike Evans. It's it's everybody that they have that makes you say you can't really doubt Tom Brady in the postseason right now. Yeah, no. And, and you mentioned it, you know, that whole supporting cast is why Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. You know, like this, this is a team that is literally star talent on both sides of the ball. And what's really interesting is, you know, against the Saints, we saw that it was the defense that really elevated the team and, you know, helped them win that game. Uh, I, I think Tom Brady has a decent game at times. He looked very, very old. But again, like you mentioned, you know, the supporting cast, even the, the lesser stars, I guess you'd say, or the unknown guys like Scotty Miller making a big catch. Tyler Johnson making a big catch. And then, you know, you, like you just got, guys just mentioned, the defense, the way that Devin White balled out. Uh, we saw, we heard Sean Murphy Bunting's name like 20 million times yeah. because yeah. he was defending every single pass thrown his way. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. making a play. Like it, it really came down to that defense playing at a high level. Now they're potentially getting Vita Vea uh, back this week in the middle of the defensive line, which will be massive, you know, again, going up against Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, you know, I, I know that, you know, everyone is expecting 
Green Bay, it's, you know, considering the form that they're in to blow them out. But, you know, Tampa Bay has won six games in a row. And earlier this year, they blew Green Bay out 38 to 10. Granted, it was in Tampa Bay. And this is going to be potentially in very, very cold weather. Tom Brady's played in cold weather. Not potential. Not potential. It is. is. My bad. Potential. I was thinking like blizzard weather. I meant to say like, it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. It ain't going to be like 75. It's potential. (laughs) Potential snow. Yeah, it might be potential potential snow. But it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. <laughs> okay, so t- two oh five Sunday. That one's mm-hmm. going down in Green Bay. Uh, Ryan, you think there's going to be any uh, any any tough guys? Two oh two oh five Central Time. I'm I'm, I'm in Chicago yeah. right now. I know three oh five where where you're at, but he, I'm just going by my Central <laughs> Standard Time. I'm just I'm just saying. Any any tough guys going shirtless pregame? I, I don't think any <laughs> tough guys going shirtless, but America uses. <laughs> America uses Eastern Standard Time or Pacific Time. It doesn't. The other times in the middle, we don't really use those. So I'm just okay. letting you know all that. Right. All right. I'll just be able to stay stuck in the middle. All right. No, but uh, I think I think it's gonna be a great game. The spread right now is three and a half. I definitely think Green Bay covers that. But to me, I just I I, I don't really see Carlton Davis or what, what, how you say the do other the other quarterback's name. Yeah, Sean Murphy bunting. Sean Murphy bunting. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. Yeah, he's gonna be bunting, bunting because he's trying to uh, cover Devontae Adams. Because uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they can cover him. I really don't. You know, I think Devontae Adams is, and their offense is just one of the deadliest offenses that we've seen in a, in a while. Uh, obviously, I don't think they're the Chiefs' offense, but obviously this year they're they're showing that they're the best offense in the league. And Tampa Bay has a great defense. But I just don't think those cornerbacks can can handle the, the the pressure that Devontae Adams is going to put on them. And then it's going to be a totally different game. Like you said, Tampa Bay has won their last, what, six games, you six, said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their last seven or eight games have all been in warm weather cities. So it, it was kind of it was kind of chilly, but it wasn't too bad. But the last eight games, you know, Tom Brady has been playing in warm weather cities, you know, or he's been in a dome. You know, so he he, you know, it's fit for for an old guy to play football. And I'm not saying that you know that's why they're winning, but it's totally different going from Tampa Bay or in a dome to playing in 19 to 20 degree weather. You know, especially if you haven't been playing in it the last few weeks. You know, so it's gonna, I think that's going to be a tough adjustment for Tampa going up to Green Bay. Um, it's a hostile environment. But I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game. But I, I definitely think uh, Tampa Bay covers the spread, though. But Ryan, do you think that that Tampa has the the better shot between uh, obviously Tampa won, but they have a way better shot than New Orleans o- only because of the fact Tom Brady, even though he hasn't played in the cold weather in you know in a few weeks, I mean he played in cold weather for 19 years in, in New England. I mean if anyone knows how to get it done. It's Tom Brady. I'm, I'm going to make you heat praise on a, on a Michigan Wolverine once again. That's going to be twice. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand that. I understand that he played in the for 19 years. But I, I, whenever I go to Florida, I'll be in Florida for two weeks. The moment I get back to Pittsburgh, I'm like, man, fuck this, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is not. I'm not trying to be here right now. It's too damn cold, you know. So no, I hear I really, you on that. So I'm gonna be honest. I I, I know what you're saying, but. When it, that when that nineteen degree hits you and you're flying from eighty degrees, man, it's a big difference, bro. It's a it's a huge difference. That's that's a sixty degree a sixty degree weather change, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I think they'll be prepared for it, but I, I just still feel like Green Bay is the better team in this situation, you know. So I, I think that I think that's why they'll win. 
Absolutely. You know, that cold, it's a, it's a shock to the system. But, Kayla, if, if there's any team, like we were just saying, if there's any squad who can give Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay a run for their money, it, it's got to be Tom Brady. I mean, he's still on the hunt for that seventh Super Bowl championship, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, again, like we just mentioned it you, know, it, you look at the talent that's on that roster. I think Tampa Bay's built, you know, to potentially compete with Green Bay, especially when you look at their front seven. I think that they'll be able to generate more consistent pressure than Los Angeles was able to last week. Um, and then, you know, moving forward, too, I, I think, you know, obviously Tom Brady is the X factor for their offense. But I think Tampa Bay's run run game, if, you know, they're off the line is healthy and provided you know, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are running well. Their offensive line is really solid. Top 10 in terms of run blocking grade, according to Pro Football Focus. Like, they've looked really solid over the past few weeks. They're able to basically get what they wanted a lot of times against New Orleans last week. Um, I think, and Green Bay's rush defense hasn't always been that great. Even last week against Cam Akers and, and the Rams offensive line, it wasn't, you know, consistent you know, throughout the entire game. And it was a really big part of why LA was able to hang around for as long as they did. So I think, you know, if Tampa Bay's defense gets maybe one or two stops, they're able to establish the run and then, you know, rely on Brady when you need to, you know, it, again, I think it comes down to the supporting cast really helping elevate Brady and take him to the next level, you know, in, in order to, you know, keep up with the Packers who, like Ryan said, I think that they deserve to be favored in this one. Yeah. And Ryan, if, if anyone knows, man, it's it's you defensive players when, when they hear their name and the word disruptive attached. I mean, it, it always brings a smile to their face. And when when you look at how disruptive Devin White was. I mean, that, that just allowed guys like Dominican Sue up front to be just that much more disruptive. And I feel like he's going to be an X factor, too, for this Tampa Bay defense moving forward. I mean, if, if there's anyone who's going to help get Aaron Rodgers off of his mark, it's, it's going to be a veteran like Dominican Sue. No, I, I, totally, I totally agree. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers can move better than Drew Brees and the fact that he can throw it better than Drew Brees right now, I feel like that's going to be the, the difference maker of this game. There's a lot of throws that you've seen that uh, Drew Brees was either cautious to make or he wasn't making. He he didn't throw one. I think they said he didn't throw one pass over 20 yards the whole game or something like that. If he did, if he did, it wasn't more than two or three. And the one pass they did throw deep, it was to it was from Jameis. You know, so I, I feel Aaron Rodgers can make all those throws, and Aaron Jones. I'm not. He's not better than Kamara when it comes to coming out the backfield. But I feel like when it comes to just moving around the pocket and just getting his guys in position, I feel like Aaron Rodgers would do a better job of that right now than Drew Brees does. And he has way more zip on his ball. But I I, I could see Devin White causing a problem. I could definitely see it. But I just I don't see Aaron Rodgers having the type of game Drew Brees had last week. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. 
but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, before we get to that nightcap, Kaylin, I want to ask you before I bounce back to Ryan, Drew Brees, have, have we seen the last of him? I mean, is he is he already in in the booth? What was he in that game? One foot in the announcer's booth, one foot on the football field? Um, I would think so. You know, again, Ryan could probably speak to it better than me. You know, when he walked away, you know, and took his, you know, last second look at back at, you know, the stadium when he was walking out and then for him and Tom Brady, the, the re-engage back on the field afterwards, mm. you know, it, it kind of suggested that this was it. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate because, you know, the dude threw three picks, you know, and yeah. I don't is think that, that's how you want to go out. Right. You know, and it, you know, uh, he's a competitor, you know, a lot, you know, you have to be the, the type of competitor you have to be to be a professional athlete is probably, you know, the psychology behind that is probably crazy, but like, I'm not surprised that, you know, he went out crashing and burning, but I'll remember him for, you know, what he was able to do throughout his regular season career, because what he was able to do in terms of lasting this long and extending his career is very impressive. Ryan, what do you say? Is Drew Brees, does he, is there any convincing that man, you know, he's thrown for over 5,000 yards, five times. No one else has even done it more than once. Is there any convincing Drew Brees to, Maybe get on some kind of rehab, get that arm just a little bit stronger and give it just one more run, just one more run uh, with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas and the gang. I don't, I don't really see him being able to do that. And the reason I say that is because it, 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 once you're in your 40s, man, it's, it's hard to get your arm stronger and to be able to throw the ball downfield like the way you would want to. And then also, Drew Brees has to just look into the future and just see, all right, Look at our, look at our team right now. Is our team a team that's going to be able to win a Super Bowl? And if he's not going to win a Super Bowl, then there's no point in him coming back, you know. And I I don't see I, and I don't see Drew Brees seeing himself leading that team to a Super Bowl right now. So you know once and, and he got beat up a bit this year, and his family is just probably saying, "Hey, you had you you're one of the greatest dudes of all time. You're first ballot Hall of Famer, and I, I think it just might be time." Time, to, time for Drew to just come on home. 
All right. Well, either way, just to double back to Tampa Bay and Green Bay, I, I almost want to smack myself for going against Tom Brady, but I, I got the Packers winning 32 to 24. That's where we're going to sit with that one right there. But let, let's move along. I said to that nightcap because it's a uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Now, I, I, Ryan, I don't know about you, but I wish they could almost have flipped these games and had Buffalo, Kansas City be, be the early game and then have the, the late game be, you know, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady for all the marbles trying to go to another Super Bowl. But that, that's here nor there. I'm not part of the scheduling department. Nobody asked me about any of that. But Buffalo, Kansas City, I mean, Buffalo, their offense, they're, they're starting to fire away. But Kansas City, like like we talked about earlier here all year long, they're that squad that they'll let you hang around. You can hang around. But when all the dust is settled, oh, look up and oh, you lost. Kansas City wins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think they're really looking out for Tom Brady because, you know, I think the sun's going to be out at three. You know, when it when it gets about six, it gets a lot colder, you know. So <laughs> oh, Wow. Wow. So the scheduling department looking out for old Tom. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I got no, I'm, messing, I'm messing around. No, I think the reason that they chose this game is because it's one versus two. I feel like they think this is going to be really a, a shootout. Um, I'm going to be honest. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't play this game, the Chiefs are going to lose. Uh, I think uh, the Bills are a really good team. They're a solid team. But I, don't, I, li- I like Chad Henney last game, but he's not going to do it to win this game. You know, uh, so the Bills defense, they've been, they've been doing what they have to do. They held the Ravens to three points. Yeah, 17-3. Crazy. I, I, really, I really feel the Chiefs, their, their, their defense isn't good enough to just hold the Bills out. In the playoff time, their defense always plays well. But I just don't think their defense is good enough to hold the Chiefs out, I mean the Bills out, if they have Chad Henney at quarterback. If they have Mahomes there, now I think we have a shootout. I think it's going to be just a bunch of back and forth. And I think that's why they won this game because uh, I just the, the over-under is, is 53. So I, I think they're expecting this kind of be a, a high-scoring game. You know, so I, I, I'm excited to see what, what this goes to. Hmm. Kayla, how about you, man? What, what do you think? Kansas City, can, can they get it done if it's Chad Henney? I mean, everyone right now is, is, is fingers crossed, toes crossed, you know, everything, hoping that Patrick Mahomes is the guy on Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll be able to get it done without um, Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, the, the Bills didn't look all that great last week. And, again, you could probably attribute it to the weather because the Ravens offense didn't look good at all. But, you know, I was expecting, you know, Josh Allen to have a better game than he did. He only went 23-37, which, you know, solid for him, which 62% completion rate, that's great uh, for him. But at the same time, you know, the, if the offense isn't humming, which, again, they have the potential. They're probably the only team in the AFC, if not the entire NFL, that can compete offensively weapon for weapon with Kansas City's offense. So if their offense isn't there, it gives me pause and maybe some reason for concern. When these two teams met earlier in the year, again, a really weird, rainy game. I think it was during the middle of the week, too. One of those COVID-19 uh, impacted games. Uh, it was 26-17. And, you know, the offense didn't look all that great. Kansas City was able to run the football really efficiently in that one. And, you know, they won't have Clyde Edwards Uh if Patrick Mahomes isn't, you know, 100 percent. It gives me cause for concern there, too. But, you know, again, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, like the way that they're calling plays, the familiarity that they have and the trust that they have in those players. You know, I, I think that th- they'll be able to get it done should Mahomes mm-hmm. play. Yeah. With that said, uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, they're calling plays offensively that are, you know, making the opposition's head spin. But when it comes to defense, Ryan, I mean, we, we've got to tip our cap to Leslie Frazier. I mean, the way Leslie Frazier had that Buffalo defense playing, I mean, to hold the hold the Ravens 
and and Lamar Jackson. And I, I know he went out of that game, but, you know, just to be able to stifle them and hold them just to three points. I mean, this is a team that what do they do? They run the ball. And, and Leslie Frazier, he zoned in on that and said, you know what? That's not going down, not on my watch. Yeah, I thought Leslie Frazier did a great job, you know, calling a great defensive scheme versus Lamar Jackson. Um, they kind of did what most people make Lamar do. Well, not most people. What the, the, the successful teams that have been able to beat the Ravens been doing. They made Lamar beat him in the air, and they kind of take away his legs. Obviously, Lamar got a, got away a few times. But at the end of the day, it was too windy, first of all. And then secondly, Lamar is not the, the most accurate thrower. So if you're making him beat you with his arm and the weather's not on his side, man, that's just like a, a dream come true for a defensive coordinator. So he did he did a great job holding them to three points. And I heard Shannon say this earlier, man. Lamar is like Giannis. And I, 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 I truly believe it, you know, because he does all the great things throughout the regular season. He can run the ball really well, you know, but when the playoffs come, Man, you got to throw the ball to win. You know, you can't just run the ball up and down the field and expect to win these football games versus these teams that have dominant offenses and, and you know, they have a solid defense. You know, so because now all we have to do is focus on how to take you away for this game. We, we, we seen you earlier. We, we know what you've been doing all season. We're just going to bring all that film together and then tie it down on what makes you ineffective. And I think that's what Leslie Frazier did. And, and the Buffalo Bills did a great job of it. Okay, so we have to do two different picks when it comes to this game. One pick with Patrick Mahomes, one pick without Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, 28 to 20. Ryan, where are you going? If I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go Kansas City, 34 to 31. Okay, Kalen? Uh With Patrick Mahomes, th- uh, Chiefs, 35 30. Okay, w- without Patrick Mahomes. Without Patrick Mahomes, I'm going Bills 24 to uh, Chiefs 14. Mm. Okay. Without Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to go Chiefs 24, Bills 23. Uh, Without Patrick Mahomes, Bills 38, Chiefs 24. All right. All right. That's where we have it right (laughs) there. Uh, Hopefully we will see. And no disrespect to Chad Henney. But hopefully we'll see Patrick Mahomes out there just because obviously you want to see the best product on the field at all times. And there's no denying Patrick Mahomes is the best player in all the National Football League right about now. And, uh, you know, we were talking about Leslie Frazier, former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings and current defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. And that, that got us to thinking about some of those head coaching positions that have been filled, some that are, you know, are yet to find someone put in place. There's there's Philadelphia and, of course, Houston still vacant, but, you know, the Jets and the Lions and the Jags and, and, and the Falcons and the Chargers right now, they're, they're all occupied. And some, some of those jobs we, we saw coming and others we didn't. Ryan, I, I know the Chargers gig, Brandon Staley, I, I didn't see that at all. Every, everyone assumed, myself included, that it was going to be Brian Dayball from, from the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator because he and Tom Telesco, lo and behold, they went to high school together. I mean, if there's anything that made sense, okay, Telesco was a senior, Dayball was a sophomore, they played in the same squad together, they're boys. If, 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 if anything happens down the road, I get this job, don't worry, man, I got you, you'll be a head coach one day, <laughs> and that's not what happened. Brandon Staley, he's, he's now the front man for the Chargers. There's a lot of guys from my high school team I am not cool with, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, nah, but 
I, I'm gonna be honest. The uh, you know with Dan Campbell and Brandon, uh, Brandon Staley, I, I didn't I didn't see those two coming. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see your coach Meyer coming either. You know, I, I felt like uh, some of these teams got some really good coaches. The Lions, you know, I'm a, I, I'm just going to see how that goes. You know, to go with a tight end coach. You know, obviously he might have been he did a great job when he was in Miami a few years ago, a, a lot of years ago. But uh, but Brandon Staley, he had with the number one defense in the whole NFL. I think that the ownership and the GM was like, hey, that's how we're going to start off. We have a young quarterback. At least if we're playing some defense, we'll get another – we can get a young co- uh, quarterback coach in here to help him out and develop him. But we just got to focus on defense right now. Our defense hasn't been playing well. And I think that's I think that's their whole mindset with having Brandon Staley come in. And I, I think that's a that's a smart mindset. When you have, Whenever you have a good defense, you're always in the mix. It doesn't matter what's going on. You're always in the mix. And I think that's why the Chargers decided to go with him. I think that's a good good fit. Uh, Coach Meyer, that one kind of threw me in the loop. But I, I really think Coach Meyer is going to do a great job, man. He's He has a great mind when it comes to offense. He's a, he's a very intense guy, so he's going to try to get the most out of all his players. And if you don't want to be there, he, he's going to make sure you're not there. So I, I think he can rebuild a program, and he understands how to – obviously, he understands how to recruit guys really well. But I think they're going to really have a lot of pieces around him. And I think they have some good cap space to actually bring in some free agents. Obviously, most guys don't like going to Jacksonville, but I think that I think they, they can bring in some good free agent pieces. And if he gets Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, I think I think that could really help him uh, jumpstart into what type of team he wants to be. So uh, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, Robert Sala, I think that's a good pick. I think he's a great pick. He's a great coach. Um, to me, just the Jets. It's uh, J-E-T-S. Yeah. I don't it's almost, it almost seems like a waste of talent. Robert Sala, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what he brings to the table defensively to, to go there and have to start from scratch. It seems like every yeah. year the Jets start from scratch. But I think I think he I think he chose that job or they chose him because hey we can start from scratch we'll give you we give you the the, the template we'll let you do what you want to do we'll let you mix it up how you want to mix it up man and we're gonna give you a few years I think that's cool he's gonna get a new quarterback come in most likely you know have the defense ran how you wanted to be ran and have somebody he trusts as a coordinator I think he's a great coach I think he's gonna turn the, the the franchise around I'm not saying they're gonna win any Super Bowls or anything but I think he could turn them into some type of contenders or just be a have some fighting chance in the AFC East and then uh, uh Arthur Smith he's a great coach he did he did a good job in Tennessee and I think that he could do a great job in, in the Falcons we just have to see if they're going to keep Matt Ryan or if they're not if they're going to keep Matt Ryan you know, I think he could do a, a lot of good things with that offense. He has a lot of pieces on offense. If they're going to get a new co- a new quarterback, then I, we're just going to see how he works with it there. But uh, I think I think uh, all these all these jobs. I think that they. I think everybody had did a good job of hiring a new coach. Um, I'm excited to see how they how these next two uh, the Eagles and the Texans do. But the the one question I have is Dan Campbell because I really you know to see how he does as a tight end coach. And then going to a head coach, I, 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 he could be successful, but it just, I, you know, it just threw me off a little bit. Yeah, that is kind of a big jump. Tight ends coach to head coach, uh, the, the difference in responsibility, you know, it's night and day. Uh, Kalen, when it, when it comes to the, the the five jobs right now that seem to be spoken for, you know, which, which one do you think is is the best hire, at least from a front office perspective? Man, okay, so long term, I think Robert Sala, I think that, uh, you know, Again, like I was making this joke the other day, like it, I'm 24, so I can't pinpoint a time in my life where, you know, the Jets haven't been really a laughing stock. 
I mean, when, especially when because we, we were talking about like Meyer, uh, whether he was going to go to the Jets or the Jags. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the Jags just went one in 15 and no one really cared. But the Jets, you know, they almost won three games and we were cracking jokes on them every single week. Yeah. So, it's you know, it's kind of a laughing stock there. But I think Robert Saul has a chance to turn everything around. I mean, long term and really when you look at the foundation in place for their defense already, I think. Uh, Quentin Williams, someone that he's going to be able to build around. They have some other pieces. I know they're they're losing Marcus May to free agency potentially, but um, I, I think that you know as far as cultural fit, I think you know Robert Saul has a chance in the long term to be a good a good hire. And then I think short term, you know, it threw me off. But Brandon Seeley, you know, I, I really like him. I really think you know watching a few of his interviews again. I've never met the dude, but you know, he definitely comes off as someone who understands how to one build a culture to communicate and three, you know, put his, you know, star players in the best position to succeed. And you look at that Chargers defense, they got Joey Bosa in the front line. Uh, We'll see if they keep Melvin Ingram and how he fits within that system. But then you have Derwin James in the secondary. There's some pieces for him to build around. I thought it was odd that they didn't hire again, Brian Dable, because, you know, the fit would be quarterback uh, giving him a coach that, you know, understands how to develop those guys. Um, but I think, you know, that's going to be a really interesting hire. I don't think that they'll top the Chiefs, but they have talent and they should be end up being a, a playoff contender immediately in the AFC next year. Yeah. And, and, and Ryan, like we were saying before the show, we, you know, we, we thought that it was going to be Brian Dayball going to the Los Angeles Chargers as head coach because of he and Tom Telesco's relationship. But then, then it's Brandon Staley. I, I, I think it's probably because. The, the Chargers, you know, they, they like to pinch some pennies. And, and they said, they, well, you know what? We don't want to pay for Brian Dayball to move all the way across the country. Brandon Staley, he's already here. He, he He's probably just going to move up the street. We don't have to pay any of those relocation fees. And we don't have to get any of that. No temporary housing. So let, let, let's just go with that right now. And, that, and that, that's where they're at. But, you know, when, when it comes to the, the Philadelphia job and the Houston gig, you know, you, you see that, that Philadelphia is interviewing Eric Bieniemy via Zoom and, and Houston. You know, the league allowed them to, to speak to Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I, I feel like especially with the quarterbacks, with whether it be Jalen Hurts or Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson stays in Houston and they're able to snag Eric Bieniemy, that could be a match made in heaven. But if if Eric B, if he goes to Philadelphia, I mean, who knows? Because Jalen Hurts, we, we've seen his potential. I think right now we just need a head. I say we like I'm part of Philadelphia's organization, but I, I think what what he needs and what that organization needs is someone to be able to corral that talent. I, I feel that if I was Eric Bieniemy and I had to choose which team I would go to, I would probably go to the Eagles. And the reason I say this is because. I feel like they have draft picks and they still, they have young receivers. They have young receivers and they have a, a, a solid defense. You know, um, if you just bring another coach in there, I feel like he can put some pieces around his coach. But the thing is about, the thing is about the Eagles, they have a very old team. So when it comes to the old line and, and things like that and the D line, but I think if you're trying to win now, I feel the Eagles is a good squad for him because they still have a pretty solid team. If you want to go to a team with a a, a a franchise quarterback, then obviously you're going to go to the Texans. But I think the Eagles is a good fit for him because he can still build around him. He has a lot of young pieces around him. I feel the Texans is just like, man, you're going there. You, the, the best thing you have is Deshaun Watson, but then you have nothing else. Like, you really don't have anything else. You have, like, a, a few pieces. Your defense is okay. You know, you have J.J. Watt. Your offense is okay, but you don't have any draft picks. Like, not any good ones. You know, so... 
obviously you, you find a lot of great talent in the end of the draft, like Antonio Browns and Antonio Gates and, you know, all these guys, but and Alvin Kamara's, but and they, you don't, you don't know that when you draft them, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, right. it, so, and they just, I feel the best fit for him right now to try to win now and to probably go on in the future is probably the Eagles. But if you want to like, a superstar, bona fide quarterback, then it's the Texans. So, yeah. And Kalen, you know, one thing that at least is is somewhat refreshing to see is the fact that you know the, these guys that are getting these jobs, they're, they're not retreads. You know, it, it's it's all a, a fresh look. These guys all in their in their first head coaching gigs in the National Football League. You know, obviously Urban Meyer, he's got a little bit of a resume, but he, he's <laughs> never been in the league, but. With that being said, you know, we, we've heard, you know, Josh McDaniels, he, he's taking interviews right now. And you know, it, for me, that's surprising because I thought after everything that happened with the Colts that, you know, he, he was just pretty much going to be the, you know, the, the OC or, or whatever capacity he was going to be in New England, in New England for the rest of his career. But, you know, he's, he's back out there making the rounds. Yeah, no, you can make a good point. Like it, it is interesting now, especially for those two openings right now with Houston and Philadelphia. It's, I guess it's not too surprising, though, that, you know, these two jobs, which honestly, they're probably considered, you know, at least from what we from what we've heard from reported from uh, Adam Schefter, that the Houston job is not wanted just because of the, you know, organizational dysfunction that that's happening over there. But, you know, it's not it's not surprising that, you know, you have you're kind of picking retreats at this point. Um, Leslie Frazier, someone that, you know, could, could be a really good coach. I think Todd Bowles, I think giving him another shot would be interesting too, but I know that Houston also, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, they've interviewed Matt, uh, Matt Eberflus from the the Colts. And then you have Eric Bieniemy, who's also interviewed there. So uh, I'm curious to see whether or not one Bieniemy, you know, decides, Hey, like I'm going to go ahead and take one of these jobs as opposed to, I think he'd probably just be better off waiting until next year. Same with Brian Dable, who's, uh, apparently pulled his name out of of you know consideration for both these jobs. So uh, I think it might just be better for them to wait, you know, going in the next year to see if you have a better situation where again both these jobs, Philadelphia and Houston, we've been talking all it hasn't even been the offseason really. You know, we've been talking about all this organizational dysfunction from the top coming down. I, I don't think that's a situation that you'd want to step in, you know, to be a head coach. Yeah. Ryan, what what if you're Byron Leftwich, you know, we've heard some, some chatter about Byron Leftwich. I, I know right now his team's still alive and well. They got a game to play on, on Sunday, but that's just like Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich. I mean, we, we've seen the potential from him. Do you see him being a head coach sooner rather than later? Uh, I definitely see him being a head coach soon. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this season, but I can definitely see him being a head coach soon. But there's two things I kind of want to talk about. One thing I want to talk about is I think that the NFL should make a rule that teams don't hire their coach until after the Super Bowl. Because I feel like a lot of guys are getting jobs right now. By, by default, because other dudes are wrapped up because their teams are still playing. Right, 100%. And yep. I feel like if everybody did a, uh, a process, because think about it, the Falcons probably would have interviewed Airbnb or, you know, Ipa Flu. But at the day is they're they're still in the playoffs, you know. So and then you can interview them, but you can't hire me yet, you know. So I feel like every team should wait to the end of the season to really hire their guy or at least start interviewing their guys because then this this list can look completely different. But secondly, and and mostly, if I was a black head coach, I would not be going to Houston. I'm gonna just be honest. I would not yeah. go to Houston because right now it's just it's too much things going on over there, 
And it just, it, I, like, I just, I just don't like the culture that they have over there. Uh, I understand that there was the past owner who said what he said, but his family still owns the, owns the team. And if I feel a certain way, my, my dad probably feels that way. And my, my son feels that way too. So I just, me personally, I just, as a black head coach, I, I wouldn't want to go there. I know that's a sidetrack of what we're talking about, but if I was Brian Leftwich or Airbnb, I wouldn't even want to go to Houston. You know, the only reason yeah. I would want to go there is because of Deshaun Watson, but not because of the, the ownership or management. Okay, so long, long and short of it, and, and Kalen, I'm, 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 I'm assuming that you agree that the, the better of the two jobs, the more appealing has to be Philadelphia, only because they, they, they've got more picks, they've, they've got a quarterback with that's getting paid a whole lot less money and yeah, organizationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's not that turn. There's not that turmoil that we, we don't have all that turmoil that, that, that inner, that, that infighting that's going on right now down in Houston, because, you know, n- not just winning football games on Sunday is going to be a hurdle that you'll have to jump over, but just getting those relationships all lined up and making sure that everybody's on the same page. That's going to be another task to tackle. I think, I think because of the Sean Watson, I think because he's proven to be, you know, at that superstar level, it, it might be a little bit more intriguing to me than Philadelphia. And it depends on whether you not, you know, you believe in Carson Wentz being fixable. I think that's what it really comes down to. And then whether or not, you know, you can deal with, uh, you know, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, really directing how you're going to approach building the team. You know, like Ryan mentioned, that's a really older squad. You know, their their time has kind of passed as far as being, you know, an elite team. There's some younger pieces on Houston, you know, like Charles Menehue, Lonnie Johnson, like there, there's some guys on that side of the ball. And you have a Deshaun Watson offense who, you know, he, you know, if you get lucky enough, you could stumble into, you know, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. Like if you get extremely lucky having a talented quarterback behind center, like consistently. So I don't know, that might be the temptation for me if I were a head coach, but you know, I, I know again, Ryan said we're getting off track, but I think, you know, nail nails, the, you know, hits the hammer on the nail here. Like there's only two black head coaches in the league now at following the cycle, you know, unless a, a black head coach, you know, picks Houston or Philadelphia. I think that's really, really sad and really weird, you know, considering we had all this talk last off season about how the league was going to incentivize, you know, the league prioritizing, you know, giving minority head coaches a chance. I'm glad that Robert Sala got a chance. First Muslim head coach in NFL history, I believe. But, you know, it, we went from what, four or five black head coaches now to two. That that's a problem, especially in a league that you know is what sixty to seventy percent black. It's very strange. Seventy percent African American. I mean, it, it, it is crazy to see, and you know, hopefully, you know, those, those two spots that are still to be occupied, you know, we'll, we'll see someone of color, no matter no matter who it is, in one of those positions, because there, there's a lot of talent. But like we said, in, in Houston, there's also been a, a lot of bickering going back and forth. Uh, all right, guys, uh, we, we had a lot of fun. We made some predictions. We looked forward to championship Sunday, quite possibly the best day in all of sports. But you know what? I, I, I don't mean to extend the time here, but Ryan, everyone always says championship Sunday is is, is one of the best days. But you know what? I, I like divisional weekend a lot. I mean, we, we got to see four games. You get two on Saturday, two on Sunday. I mean, championship Sunday, you, you only get two. You only yeah. get two. No, I, I totally agree with you, especially when you have really good games. Divisional Sunday, I mean, divisional weekend is a, is a great weekend. You know, I feel like uh, wild card, wild card weekend was just a lot going on. And but it was I, a lot. I, you just don't know what you just don't know what <laughs> channel to watch. But uh, but no, nah, 
I think divisional weekend is, is definitely is definitely smooth. Uh, you get to see two, you know, four. You get to see four really good games. But the thing is, why people love championship weekend because you know after this game you get in the Super Bowl. And another thing is that you normally would get really really good football in this game right here. So it's, it's, it's exciting to see this game and um, these games and. And you know it just it just sad, but it just letting you know the season's close to an end, but we about to get a champion. So, absolutely. And Kalen, just three games left on this NFL season. You know, before we started rolling, when we we didn't know if we were going to get a season at all. It's exciting as a fan, I guess that you know we we got to see football. Like we're always going to be invested. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you know you know they were able to you know without anyone getting at least for, as far as we know getting you know being significantly impacted afterwards by COVID. Um, you know, it's definitely still weird. Like it's hard to be excited as a fan because again, like, you know, they're playing in the middle of a pandemic, but I'm glad that, you know, they, you know, at least through this point, we haven't had anything significantly, you know, hurt anybody, I guess, any of the players or coaches afterwards that that's probably the positive takeaway, but hopefully next year we don't have to deal with this at all. That would be the preferred scenario. Even though there was a log jam, you know, right before the season wrapped up just a little bit when it came to scheduling, you know, this season has helped provide somewhat of a sense of normalcy and uh, guys rolling along with you makes things that much better. And that's going to bring a close to this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show with Ryan Shazier, Kalen Jones and myself, Cole Wright. We're part of the Ringer podcast network. And as always, you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at the Ringer NFL. Next on the Wednesday Ringer NFL show, Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon. Those two cats, they're going to look ahead to the championship round and they're going to wrap up the divisional round. They're going to provide some insights as always. And uh, this weekend, you also may want to scribble this down because immediately following the final conference game on Sunday, the Ringer NFL show, they're going to go live. So make sure you're subscribed to the Ringer's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Ringer and following the Ringer on Twitter at the Ringer NFL on Sunday. It's going to be Kevin and Nora Princiati. You won't want to miss that. And next week, we'll be back. We're going to take a look to the Super Bowl and put Championship Sunday under the microscope. For Kalen and Ryan, I'm Cole. It's been fun. We'll see you next time.